Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Undivided, episode number 16, Staying Positive as You Go Through Transitions. I'm your host, Frank J. Maduri, and welcome to the show. Our show's here. I'm sorry I had some technical problems trying to get signed in and get the Audible show promotion to play. So this is a reminder that all the shows here on Life Coach Radio Network are sponsored by Audible.com. That's audible.com for all your spoken audio needs, full selection of audiobooks. That's audible.com. And welcome in to Undivided, Episode 16. We are live here at 7.01 on the East Coast here on Wednesday, the 21st day in February, on a very uncharacteristically warm day. Uh, felt more like June today. If any of you are outside, I hope you enjoyed the weather in here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania and the East Coast. Uh, it was the hottest day on record in New York City as well in February. It's going to go right down the plunger. We're going to go right back into uh, cold and wet and dreary temperatures tomorrow. So uh, a slight reminder of spring. As we talk about transitions, and spring is renewal. Talk about renewal in spring. We're going to talk about transitions in life today. And so we will have Patrick Sweeney along with us tonight. I'm really blessed to have Patrick with us today. So what are transitions? Someone asked me that when they had asked me what the topic of tonight's program is. What are transitions? Transitions in life are uh, any sort of major change, a new job or a job loss, loss of a relative or a spouse, retirement, and what are you going to do from there? Uh, could be a new career path or a new career venture. It could be starting a business or folding a small business and transitioning into, what do I do now? We're going to look at those transitions tonight. It could be a change in a family dynamic. These changes often leave people feeling anxiety, feeling scared. But some of these transitions can be positive and affirming. So we're going to talk about staying positive when sometimes society wants you to be negative in those situations. Those changes can leave people feeling divided internally, maybe divided within their own family, or divided within their office or their workplace, or divided within their community or within a small business community over a transition that they have decided to take on. The dialogue tonight is going to break down those barriers, identify solutions, and provide constructive advice so that you can find peace within yourself and within those around you while you transition in your own life. And again, as I said, I'm going to get Patrick up here in a minute. 
He's with us tonight. Patrick Sweeney is a executive coach. He's also a writer and editor. He's been a speechwriter for a governor. He's been an editor of a small local magazine. He has been a New York Times bestselling author of a book called Succeed at Your Own Terms and is currently within a new book deal on a book called Lead with Heart, which will be published this spring in May, to be exact, and we're going to get to that in a little while. Patrick's also an executive coach and a transitions coach. His transition coaching practice is called The Silver Realigning. He has a website with all of that information as well. He gives back to the community. He's been on the board of a number of different positions for different educational and nonprofit ventures. He is currently the board director of the Rescue Mission of Trenton. Patrick Stewart and Patrick Sweeney, I am very, very blessed to have you on this program. You're also the former president of Caliper, which is an international business consulting firm in which you helped reorganize and realign their internal procedures. We're going to talk about that as well. So I'm going to get Patrick up now. Hopefully we uh, can connect here. Well, Frank, it's, Hello? it's great. Hi, Frank. It's great to hear your voice. Great to hear yours. How are you? Welcome to Undivided. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be here. Thank you for, for, for inviting me. Uh, it was, and it was great. It was, you know, I really enjoyed getting to know you as we studied uh, coaching together. So um, this is, this is a, great, uh, a great opportunity to share some time together, some insights, and uh, glad to be here. Awesome. Glad to have you aboard. Um, sorry, I had a couple technical glitches trying to get on. I hope that you uh, can hear me okay. I can. I can. Is my voice coming through fine? Yes, excellent. Terrific. That's very important as we get uh, as we get going here. And so, you know, as I said in the open, you know, people have asked me about transitions. I just recently coached someone through a transition in their own job, where they were moving from one position into another, and then also coached someone else who had the interim kind of tag on that job before this other person got the permanent job. So I was coaching someone through, you know, getting a new position and then coaching through someone who's transitioning out of the position that they had held for a period of a few months and now going into a different position. And it was really interesting to me because I hadn't done that in a while. And it kind of uh, was good practice for me as, if you will, coming into tonight's show. Uh, so I thought I'd mention that. It was really interesting uh, to talk to people about some of of their maybe their blocks or their hang-ups over taking certain transitions in in their career. Um, I also neglected to mention so, and because it's our first question, that's why I did. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about earning your master's in positive psychology at the University of Pennsylvania? I think that's a good place to start. I deliberately left that out of your intro. Well, thanks, Frank, and, and it, there, that's a transition as well. I, I think we go through transitions often more times than we, we realize, but what I find particularly intriguing about transitions and what I love to, to do when I'm helping people, coaching them through a transition, is it, it, it's a time 
whether it's personal or professional, when we have, you know, kind of like one foot on the boat and one on the dock, and we've got to go one way or the other. We know we have a decision to make. Uh, it could be, as you've described, professionally, often it happens. It often happens personally. And I think it happens more often than we realize, but there are times when we don't have any choice but to realize that it's happening. Um, and so I was, in answer to your question about getting my master's, I um, received it, earned a master's in positive psychology from the University of Pennsylvania studying with Marty Seligman, who is uh, the founder of the field of positive psychology, and, and he, someone I've admired for a long, long time. I have a, um, a dog-eared book from 1990 that he had written, and then uh, I underlined virtually everything in it, called Learned Optimism, and I was just... I was so intrigued by that at the time because the idea that we could learn how to be more optimistic, you know, I found that to be just so powerful. And, um, you know, a lot of psychologists argue about how much of it is nature and nurture and when, what are we born with, when do we learn along the way and whatnot. Uh, but the idea that regardless of all that, we have the ability to influence that, I, I found uh, Marty Seligman's work to be so so significant, and I happen to live in Bucks County, so it was an hour's train ride from Philadelphia. And when I found out that he had a course where you could get your master's studying with him and other luminaries in the field, and positive psychology essentially is the idea of looking at people who are flourishing, people who are doing exceedingly well at whatever it is they're doing, right? and figuring out what is it about them, what do they have, and how do we all get more of that. And so I was, I was very, very drawn to that. And when I got accepted into the program, there's a, a funny sort of thing that happened inside my own mind in terms of talking about transitions, Frank, is that I thought all of a sudden, you know, there, there's times in our lives when we think, oh, I could be the first to do this or I could be the youngest to do that. And I thought, wow, I could be the oldest person to graduate from this program. This could be really cool. <laughs> and I realized, <laughs> yeah, yeah, something was going on for me. You know, I was going through a transition. And so at, when I came out of that program, I developed a coaching practice to help baby boomers who are in transition because I saw boomers around me, such as myself, and I figured I figured that was a qualification I would never lose, right? <laughs> so yeah, uh, right. I, I saw boomers around me going through changes that were unexpected, and I thought, this is intriguing, this is very interesting. And so as I started working with them and and learning more and more and more about what happens to us when we're going through such big changes – and how we can keep our optimism and our resilience and our sense of who we are at our best about us. Because often when we're going through a transition, we can feel a sense of being a little bit lost, you know, being a little bit out of our sorts, not sure of ourselves. And so it can help to have someone to remind us of who we are at our best and also to remind us of what we've been through and how we've succeeded at that and how this transition, while it's a big change, might also be an opportunity for us. 
And as I develop this practice, as life often has a chance of doing, um, different people would say, you know, I'm really interested, but they'd say, but I'm not a boomer. <laughs> and the message was kind of like, I'm not, I'm not that old, okay? And I realized that this has a lot to do with all of us, regardless of age. And so I've actually been coaching individuals who are boomers, individuals who've retired. There's a big transition for you. Individuals who've lost their jobs through, you know, unexpectedly and they have to figure out what to do. And individuals who want to lose their jobs because they don't like what they're doing and they feel like, but what do I do next? And am I ready for that next move? Uh, people personally who are going through transitions in terms of relationships, in terms of changes, and um, people just getting out of college trying to figure out what to do next. They're all stages where I think the commonality in the transitions, Frank, is that we're wrestling with who are we? What is our identity? And when that gets shaken or we have questions about that, I love coaching people in those places because we're open then, I believe, particularly if we're self-reflective. We're open to the idea of exploring deeper who we are and who we, we might be and what we need to let go of and oftentimes how we can get in our own ways. So uh, that's that's how I got into all of this. That's really interesting. You know, it's so interesting. It's, it's one path quite often in life kind of diverges and leads it to another and then it circles back, and then it's the aha of how it all connects. Uh, I see that so frequently with different guests on this program and different people that I've met, and you wonder, how do you get into certain things? And and that answer is really powerful and speaks to that you know, testimony of, of how that came about. And so the connection to coaching in this show, so there's some episodes where I, I have to circle back and say, okay, this is – the connection to coaching. Well, tonight's show, you're going to see that connection pretty clearly and what we're going to be speaking about, what we're going to be going through. And in that example that I mentioned before, it was a similar thing that you said. You know, I said to both of these people, well, you were successful before, so let's tap into one was anxious about the new job, one was anxious about going into something different. And it's saying, okay, you were good at what you were doing, even though you didn't get this role. And you were good at what you're doing because you got this role. So let's focus on those strengths and take you through. Uh, unbelievably, we're already at 7.15 here on the East Coast. We're going to take a quick break here from Undivided Episode 16. We'll be back in a moment. And some upcoming show promos for you. Uh, upcoming show promo for Paul Garwood show, Push Through. That's Sunday, February 25th at 8 p.m. on the Life Coach chat channel. Again, Paul Garwood's show, Push Through, is coming at you Sunday, the 25th at 8 p.m. The name of the episode is Taking Back My Life. The special guest is Deanna Williams. She'll take you through uh, a premature loss of her parents and some other issues that put her in a bunch of different transitions as we talk about transitions and the role that faith in God had played in her life in bringing her back and helping her to push through and to persevere. 
And so that's Sunday the 25th at 8 p.m. Give from the heart. Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. Again, Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. And Salvation Army, www.salvationarmyus.org. Enter your zip code to donate to your local community. And we're back here on Undivided, episode number 16, sponsored by Audible.com. Undivided show, that's undividedshow at gmail.com is our email address. I just checked it. I'll be checking it throughout the show. I'll open the phone lines around 7.30. That's in about 13 minutes from now. 646-716-9397. I'll open the phone lines at around 7.30 or thereabouts. If you have any questions for Patrick or myself. And I also want to mention a disclaimer they have us now read here at uh, Life Coach Radio Network. Not necessarily for this episode, but all episodes, the views that are expressed on the episode may not be the views of myself as host, of the network, or even of the guests. Sometimes I play devil's advocate on this show as well. So I want to put that out there as well. So we're back here on episode number 16, staying positive as you go through transitions. Why are you so intrigued by transitions, Patrick? Why is that something that intrigues you? Well, I and that's a really great question, Frank, because I think that those are times when we get this little tap on our shoulder, <laughs> you know, or or this little recognition that okay, something's going on big here, and those so so and when that happens, that's when I believe we are most open to self-reflection to considering new possibilities. And so when I say self-reflection, we're looking at who we are, who we've been, the road we've been traveling. And then we're also most interested in, okay, so what else could happen? What are are other possibilities right now? And so we are not just looking back at what happened, what worked, and maybe how we may have inadvertently gotten in our own way, uh, and being open to that process, but we're also open to the idea that, huh, you know, maybe there's something else. And when it comes to stages like that, Eric Erickson, the, the, the psychologist, talked about our our sense of identity occurring when we were, you know, in our late teens, and so we were experimenting at that time. We're, we're looking at ourselves in a different way. We're you know, we're going through high school, we're thinking about do we what do we do next, you know? You know, perhaps we get a job or perhaps we go to college or perhaps we have other possibilities and who are we going to be? What what is gonna happen when we step out of high school, when we when we graduate after we, you know, throw our, you know, hat into the air and the celebration is over and I believe that that's what he had there was was powerful because that's a time when you sense okay something big is going on, uh, and I I've come to believe that those transitions and those times of reassessing our identity occur more than just once, and what we can do when it happens again, as you were talking about in terms of the coaching you were doing, Frank was that we can remind ourselves what happened when we went through that before. How did we do that? How did we succeed? 
okay, so we can get rid of those doubts that, that, you know, occur to all of us, of course, and we can say, okay, I can do this, but then what else can happen? And to open ourselves up to the idea that regardless of age, regardless of whether we've just graduated from high school or we're retiring or anything in between, professionally, personally, what happens to us in terms of next steps is so much in our own power. And so that's that's what intrigues me about being there. It's a time of openness for all of us, so uh, we can explore more deeply and having someone there to just sort of ask some questions and remind us of who we are at our best uh, can really make all the difference in the world. It really can. Uh, it's absolutely correct. It's it's a really interesting process when you start talking about transitions and the sense of identity. And you mentioned before learned optimism. That's uh, really fascinating to me. I want to take a, a look into that for myself. Um, what is the difference between optimism and resilience? Huh. That's interesting because, yeah, we, we, we think of them. That's a, it's a really cool question, Frank, because we think of them as very similar. We think of them as maybe even the same. Um, what Marty Seligman said uh, that, that I found most intriguing when I was when I was had the honor of studying with him was he said when it comes to optimism, he said in fact he used to believe that optimism had had to do with how we saw what happened to us. But he's come to believe that optimism has to do with what happens with how we believe things will happen. So it has to do, optimism has to do with how we view the future. Optimism is, um, and a lot of that, if you play it through, um, there's certain things that like, if something negative happens to a pessimist, okay, part, so part of this has to do with time. If something negative happens to a pessimist, he or she will say, okay, well, that always seems to happen. It's pervasive to me. It's personal. And it's so it's personal, it's pervasive, and it's permanent. In other words, this thing that just happened is all the time, and as opposed to this just one incident. If something negative happens to an optimist, he or she will see it not as permanent and not as personal, but as something that just happened and it won't happen again because I'm going to do something different next time. That's the difference between optimist and pessimist when something negative happens. When something positive happens to a pessimist, he or she will not see it as permanent. They'll see it as temporary. They'll see it as a fluke. They'll see, in other words, something they had nothing to do with, a fluke, just a chance occurrence that is a one-in-a-lifetime one, one occurrence, perhaps, or once in a blue moon, and something that they did not influence, whereas an optimist will see something positive is happening as part of a pattern in their life. That's cool. This is what happens. I know sometimes it doesn't, but I love when it happens and I recognize it, and also believe that it is personal, that it's something they have something to do with. Okay? So that, that's, that's the notion of optimism and the difference in terms of how pessimist and optimist define that. 
and, it's, and it really essentially has to do with, as we're talking about here, is how we define ourselves. So on, on the other hand, resilience, as you were asking about, has a lot to do with how we respond to negative things happening to us. And negative things happen, unfortunately, to all of us at different times with different degrees of severity. Some of them are just us, you know, tripping on the sidewalk or bumping our toes. Some of us are, some of those things are very serious and life-threatening and and there's everything in between. So when something negative happens to us, you know, a, a if we fail or if we, if we do something that, you know, wasn't what we were hoping for, how do we take it? What happens? And when it comes to resilience, a lot of people think that has to do with just being strong, just powering through, just being, having a resolve. And resilience isn't that because it, if it was just that, that there, there's a movie, The Terminator, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, in which there's a, there's this guy that's chasing him. You may remember, and the guy uh, Arnold throws everything he has at him, and the guy completely resolves into this little puddle of silver, and then he reforms. And part of what's so scary about him reforming is not just that look on his face, but he doesn't change. He looks exactly like he did before. Resilience, people who are truly resilient, if they get knocked off, you know, they get tossed down, they, they, they get up and they brush themselves off, sure, and they're ready to go back in the game, but they don't go back into the game again until they figure out what just happened. All right, what can I learn from that? What's a little bit different here? And when they put those things together, then they go back in the game. And that's the difference between someone who just puts their head down and keeps doing what they were doing a little faster, a little harder than they were before, a little stronger, and someone who is truly resilient because they take that experience, they internalize it, they say, okay, I see what I can do different next time, and the next time isn't going to happen like the last time. So that that is kind of the, you know, optimism and resilience, they're tied together, they're connected certainly, but different in some ways. And ideally, we want to reflect both of those. That would be the ideal, exactly. Um, how do you think we could become more optimistic? How to become more optimistic? Another great, great question, Frank. I think that um, I think a lot of that has to do with surrounding yourself with other people who are optimists, because they can turn up the volume for us, and we can turn up the volume for them. In other words, if we are in an environment that's a little bit negative, that's a little bit unsettling, could be at work, could be at home, or whatever often we don't realize that we have the power to change that but we also i don't think it's i don't think it's a coincidence that the word courage and the word encouragement come from the same root because we in order to muster our courage to put ourselves forward and be positive and optimistic it's often 
it's wonderful for us to be around other people who are that. And if we're not, to find them and to connect with them because people who are not, people who are pessimists or critics can wear us down. They can, they can you know, take away from that in ways that can be very, very unsettling. Um, so some ways to be optimistic. Let me just give you a really simple tactical way that, that I think was very powerful. I was... I was coaching one individual who was who was very uh he's a manager in an organization that does a lot of phenomenal work for people who are in, in need, in desperate need in the city. Um and yet there was um he said what happened is that there was so much negative stuff going on that it was affecting everyone and it was affecting him. And he said he started to leave one day and he said I was I looked over and I saw somebody who did something wrong and he said I just called out to him across the room and I told him that you know what he was doing wasn't right and he said I went home that night I was driving home I felt like why did I do that why did I do it that way I let the entire day lose my perspective and get me out of place he said that's not who I want to be that's not how I want to show up and so I happened to be coaching him the next day and I said all I said was, so what could you do differently? And he thought about it, and he said, well, certainly I can talk to the person, let them know how terribly I feel, and that wasn't what I intended. But then I can change what I'm doing. And I said, what do you mean? What are you going to do? And I didn't tell him what to do. I just asked those questions, right? And he said, well, he said, you know, I see a lot of really positive things happen all day. And he said, certainly I can say it out loud to the people when I see it and and make that part of how I am becoming more optimistic and sharing that with people. He said, but I don't want to ever leave work that way again. So he said, one thing I can do is he said, at the end of the day, I'm going to send out an email and I'm going to mention two or three three things that happened that day. I'm going to call people out and say how proud I am of them for doing what I saw. And two weeks later when I saw him, it was like seeing someone different. He said, I am I am just, I love what's going on here. And he said, the, the experience that this has had for other people in the organization, he said, it's changing the world around me. And other people are doing it as well for people that they manage. And so there's ways we can do that that are deep inside of us. If we realize that we're in a transition, we pause and ask ourselves some deep questions or have someone ask us and then know that deep inside of us we have those answers and find them and then just not find them but act upon them. Really excellent points. Uh, it's like a three... No, it was two episodes ago when I had uh, Scott Krause on. He was saying that it, managing sales teams, you praise in public, you criticize in private. And he had told the example about how when he was a manager, he he did that. He did what, what your client had done. He kind of criticized someone in front of other people, and it really blew back on him. And then a mentor told him, hey, you, you can't really do that. And he realized it was a mistake. So he would always make it a point to emphasize the good and positive things that his team was doing or someone on the team was doing, like a team member if they exceeded their goal or whatever it was for sales. 
and then he would do the criticism in a one, one-on-one meeting that was behind closed doors and saying, hey, look, these are some areas that you could work on or areas of opportunity for you to improve. So I wanted yeah. to mention that because it kind of ties in really really nicely with, with that. Uh, we're at 7.32, uh, midpoint of the show already. It goes by quick. Uh, Undivided will be back in a moment. We're sponsored by Audible.com. First, a uh, midpoint of the show break. And the next episode of Tammy Banfield, who was a guest on this program, Tammy Banfield show Kick Glass. That's Kick, G-L-A-S-S, Kick Glass, all about the glass ceiling, all about the divides within uh, different workplaces and different industries, different barriers that women have to overcome. And if you're a woman in business, if you're a woman in business for themselves, or if you're a woman that works in industry or any type of workplace, it's a great series to follow and to start listening to if you haven't before. That's 1 p.m. Eastern is the next episode on Wednesday, the 28th of February, here on Life Coach Radio Networks and the Family Networks. Tammy Banfield, Kick Glass, that's G-L-A-S-S, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, Wednesday, the 28th of February, so stay tuned in for that. And that brings about you know, a bridge and transition for, for us here on the program to a spot that I always do uh, every episode. If you're worn down by something that's going on at work, if you feel ostracized or divided, if you've been harassed or assaulted, if you have certain thoughts that you can't get past, if you're in a really dark place and you can't get yourself beyond it, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, that's 800-273-8255. You matter and life is precious. All life is. So if you're having trouble, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That's 800-273-8255. www.samaritanspurse.org www.samaritanspurse.org, great organization doing a lot of work in needy places. And Food for the Poor, 800-427-9104, great charity out of South Florida, doing work in the Caribbean and Mexico at this point. And now we're back here on Undivided. I hope you had a chance, Patrick, catch your breath, get something to drink, and uh, we'll move into the uh, second half of our program now. Uh, here on the East Coast for 735. We're live here on Wednesday, the 21st of February. I will open the phone line, 646-716-9397. Again, 646-716-9397, the number to call if you have a question or comment for Patrick or myself, undividedshow at gmail.com. So how can we navigate those transitions and bridge the divide between those who are negative, which we talked about before, people that are negative or pessimistic in outlook about those changes, and shift them to a more positive outlook, have them be more optimistic in their outlook or in their view. So in bridging the divide tonight, that's the question. How can we navigate transitions and bridge the divide between those who are negative or pessimistic about those changes or transitions and shift them to a positive or optimistic outlook. So I that that's a 
that's a that's a very deep and a very difficult question you're asking, Frank. Um, because some people who there are there are I often divide the world into 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 twos, and I think there there are often people who um, who are either critics or like to create. And so, if someone is negative or a critic, um, I don't think it's I don't think it's my job or our job to change them. Uh, because some people are, are perfectly content being <laughs> being critics or being negative or being naysayers or or just seeing the world in that perspective. Uh, and I think part of our being optimistic is realizing that that's going to be the case. Not everybody's going to embrace your optimism. Uh, and we're not necessarily here to change other people if they don't want to be changed. If somebody wants to, if somebody is negative and being a critic and, and says, you know, God, I'm really not contributing in a real and meaningful way. I'd really like to do something more powerful with my life and more meaningful and more optimistic and more and and, and see the world as it's not a matter, you know, there's the phrase about, you know, do I see the the glass is half empty or half full? And that's that's one way of looking at it. But what I believe optimists have is not just the ability to see the, the glass is half full, but to surround themselves with people who can help them fill the glass. And so part of what I think is that you know, there, there's always going to be critics. There's always going to be naysayers. And if someone who is like that and wants to change, that's like a different conversation we can have. But in terms of how can we change someone, uh, I think we're not here to change people. We're here to surround ourselves with people who can help us be the best we can and allow that to happen and, and connect with those because that energy will will not only help us but will help them and all of us and it, it, it comes in a circle and that's what we're here for so connect with people with like with like energy that will that will empower you and you will empower them and make things happen and there's so many opportunities there that um you know if if someone who is who is negative or a critic or a pessimist wants to get on board wants to change by all means we can be there to help them because they'll be reaching out and they'll be looking that way but by themselves i don't think we're here just to go around changing people cuz some people just want to be who they are you know that's true you know they say that people will only change if they want to do so you know you can lead the horse to water you know, so many times but it's not they're not gonna to drink unless you know, so they're gonna take an active role in, in making that change or at least it's it's only gonna be in lip service if they're telling you, Oh yeah, I'm gonna change, I'm gonna turn around but if they don't really mean it and they're not really committed, then that's not gonna happen anyway. I don't know if you share this sentiment, uh, so it's kind of a uh a, a statement or a feeling and then a question. My own view is that society's almost programmed to view transitions in a largely negative way. Hmm. I don't know if you share that uh, sentiment 
and or if you had any insight into if you agree with that sentiment, why that's the case, because I've tried to figure that out. But I, I tend to view that as I think society is really programmed to view those situations transitioning in a largely negative way. Is that right? Huh? That's interesting. I, I, I hadn't thought of it that way, Frank. So I don't, um, you know, I'd love to hear more of your thoughts on that. But I, I think that, you know, I think transitions. I don't know when we say society thinks certain things. Oftentimes, it's like, okay, so who is society? <laughs> what is society? Because your society, anyone's society, can be a reflection of who you are, you know? In other words, life is just going on right now, and then we can think and feel and act certain ways based upon who we as individuals are and how we reflect upon it, the information we take in um, and what happens. So, um, and, and just it's just an analogy. I don't mean to, to, I don't mean for it to be political, but I think it makes it simple to understand. For instance, there's, you know, in terms of politics, where do you get your news? If you listen to conservative media, then you have a certain perspective. If you listen to liberal media, you have another perspective. And the same thing is happening, whether regardless of, you know, the same thing is happening, but it's interpreted differently. So I don't, I, I, it's a big question you're asking. It's a huge question about society having a certain perspective because I think I think there are ways of viewing society that that then share uh, perspectives, and then we either think or don't. But ultimately, that all that matters when when I've you know, you were talking about like the book Succeed on Your Own Terms, which became a, a New York Times bestseller. Uh, and we interview people from all different walks of life, from sports, business, politics, entertainment. Uh, and each of them, what they did was they turned up the volume on their strengths. They each represented a strength, whether it was, you know, risk-taking or empathy or compassion or perseverance, and there's stories in there from Holocaust survivors to um, Muggsy Bowes, the shortest NBA player of all time, uh, to Congressman John Lewis, who, um, of course, you know, marched across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, and then, you know, uh, President Johnson changed the, the Voting Rights Act uh, as a result of the, the severe beating that they all resolved resulted in and, and and so so there's each of those individuals in their own way didn't listen to whatever society was saying and saying okay that that's what's going on it's like when there's something strong inside of you something you just believe that you've got to do you have to follow then the rest of that is just like white noise you know it's just like blah 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 it's out there and it's somebody else's interpretation, because um, I don't, I don't really think we know what, you know, society really is thinking. 
Yeah, I, t- I tend to think of it in, in terms of, you know, the the news media and, and what gets kind of plugged into your brain. But like you pointed out, you can get that's all slanted or skewed anyway. And that's uh, that could go one way or another. But it's almost, OK, you know, if the Wall Street doesn't do well. Uh, you know, jobs are going to be at stake. You're going to lose your job. That's a that's a negative for you in the transition. But that. You know, loss of job could be the best thing that could happen to some people. I know people that got laid off in the economic downturn that ended up doing completely different things. But at the time, they looked at it as such a negative thing. Oh, you know, my my job is over with, and what am I going to do now? And and I got laid off, and what's going to happen with this? And so so that's where I was throwing it as, you know, between that, between, oh, you know, I've hit retirement age, and now no one's going to hire me, and I don't want to stop working, and they're kind of getting forced out. This, this negative connotation that comes along with some of those transitions within our society. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah I get what out, you're saying. Right. Hmm? Yeah, what I'm saying? Um, no, yeah, no, no, I get what you're saying exactly. And, and there are those, those typecasts and those ways that people can perceive certain things, you know. Uh, but as you said so beautifully, and I, and I agree with completely, what can often happen Frank, is it those times when when they occur to us and we think, oh, geez, this is terrible. Often with perspective and time and distance, we find out, boy, that was a, that was a chance for me to reinvent myself. And the people, and not, you know, nine times out of ten when you, you talk to somebody who has succeeded at something, you know, beyond their, their wildest dreams, part of that is that something happened that shook them up <laughs> that otherwise they would have followed another course and and it, so it, it knocked them off track quote unquote and it put them in a position exactly. where yeah they didn't think they were going to be and they're going oh man geez this is what i wanted and yet it ended up being the opening and so if we are open to see those openings they can be trans the transition can be transformational. Exactly. Like I think people are closed off to opportunity. They don't see transition as opportunity. And I've had that conversation with different people and saying that, okay, like I was mentioning before that situation that just recently came up in, in my situation in life and saying to this person, okay, now you have an opportunity where, okay, you were in this job for three months or whatever it was, it didn't work out. You have an opportunity now, like a second chance to do something totally different, but in a way that it's not as limiting as the other job that you had. So you can really take this as an opportunity in to sell in this situation. It's a sales position. You know, you're not limited to certain things. You can take this opportunity and sell and uh, uh, really uh, uh, take this to the next level, if you will, in your own career and not just look at it as, well, I lost this other opportunity, you know, uh, you could look at the loss of the opportunity and transition as the opportunity. Yes, it's kind of an interesting can, way of looking at. It. Yes, we can we can focus on the loss and feel all the the sense of sadness and anger and and disappointment and all those feelings that um, you know that that often come with that 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 Elizabeth Kubler Ross talked about in terms of accepting the big transitions. But eventually, to get to the acceptance, as you're talking about, we have to we have to go through those transit those steps, 
say, okay, but you know what? So what? Because as you said, look at what's going on here. Look at what could happen. This could be what I was looking for, and I'm fighting it right now. Right, exactly. This could be your, your moment, and you're putting your head in the sand saying, oh, woe is me, instead of looking yeah. at it as, okay, what am I going to do with this? This opening is just, it's the opening. You know, now, now you have your, you're uninhibited. You know, it happened to uh, someone in a place I used to work that was in a supervisory role, and after I was no longer with the company, then about a year later, they were no longer with the company, and they were saying, you know what, it's the best thing that ever happened to me, after they had a few months to kind of give it some space, but at the time, it's like, oh, gosh, you know, I'm out of a job, and my kid's in college, what am I going to do? Yeah, oh, and yeah. And it becomes, you know. <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right, and that, that, that's not, you're absolutely, that's real. And that feeling is mm-hmm. can be overpowering in, in, in terms of what's going to go on. What do I do now? What do I? But then, when if you're able to see it as a transition, and have the space and time to look at yourself and see this as the opportunity, then, as you said, a few months later, the same person, the same thing was happening. It has to do with our thoughts and feelings, as you've described so beautifully, Frank, because the same thing was happening. Thank you. But our thoughts and feelings, this individual's thoughts and feelings needed the time, and you do. Transitions aren't like, okay, let's make this transition happen faster. We can't do that. But we can see the transition as an opportunity rather than as something unfortunate and negative, and I wish hadn't happened. It's a very good point as well, captured beautifully. Uh, why do you believe that our strengths are more important than our weaknesses? We were just talking about it. I talk about on this show the strengths perspective from social work. Why do you believe that our strengths are more important than our weaknesses? Uh, um, I, I believe that really strongly, Frank, and, it, and it's – I don't – let me just preface that by saying I don't mean to ignore your weaknesses, I don't mean to, you know, um, but have a perspective on it. You know, you know, as we're having this conversation right now, the Olympics are going on, and so you have you have athletes who are at the top of their game, and I'm not saying that when they are in that in that and they have a coach that that coach isn't helping them with something that they a weakness that they can fix a little bit, but nine times out of ten, their coaches are also going to tell you that the strength that they bring, if they can accentuate that, it's going to say so much more and move them so much further towards their goal. And But we all, we grow up in an environment. So, so that's, that's how strengths and weaknesses work once you've decided to follow your strengths because, um, you, know, we, we, you know, we grow up, and I, I don't mean to, to take a, a broad swipe at our educational system, but our educational system has a real fondness for us being well-rounded, right? Why don't we try to be good at all these things? And so, you know, what happens when we're kids? We come home, and if we have, you know, let's say we've got two A's and a B and a C on the report card. What's the conversation about at home? The C. (laughs) The C, 
exactly. And we've all experienced yeah. it. So, so, so it's like, can we get that C up? Instead of, there are two things that obviously this student got an A in that were obviously motivating him or her. And when it comes to motivating, that's internal. That's that's from inside. The people that, that I've, that I've had the fortune to interview who succeed at the top of their game turn up the volume on their strengths. They own that strength, whether that strength, as in Congressman John Lewis's case, is, is courage, or whether with, you know, Roger Staubach, it's thriving under pressure. You know, whether your strength is your empathy, your perseverance, your persuasiveness, whatever it is, if you turn up the volume on it, now you don't, you know, turn it up to the point where it becomes overwhelming, obviously it can it can backfire. But if you become more of that, then you can become more of yourself. And and what I believe is that, interestingly, um, you know, like Gallup has studies that show that only a third of the people on this planet have a clear understanding of what their strengths are. But ironically, if wow. you ask people, yeah, yeah, that's true. But if, ironically, if you ask people, what do we need to do to improve our performance? Ninety-some percent will say, I've got to work on this weakness. My message that is, is really no interesting. Yeah. Right. So, 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 so my message is, know your strengths. Play to your strengths. Go to an area where your strengths will make a difference. And then, sure, don't ignore your weaknesses. Be aware of them. You know, work on them. But focus first on what it is that's your strength that will make you who you are at your very best. And that's a very good example of that, too, because I know in my own career, in my own situation, things that I've done, I could tell you that. I couldn't necessarily tell you about my strength within the position the position that I had or the job that I was doing, but I could tell you, oh, in my last review, they told me I have to work on this, this, and that. Or yeah. we'd sit in a room and say, okay, the, the quarter's over. Why did we miss the mark instead of what did we do well? <laughs> right, you know? right, right. Yeah, that's they call they call that feedback. It's It's interesting, you know. It's like, oh, good, I, I would like to give you some feedback. And it's like, oh, boy, okay, fine, I don't. You know, when I when I was in high school, I used to play guitar in a rock and roll band, and if, if the amplifier had feedback, that meant you got too close to it and made this obnoxious sound, right? So yeah, yeah, right. I you, yeah, yeah. I want to give you some feedback, and everybody goes, "Oh boy." Whereas, whereas, what we should really hope for is if we just did something, you know, stay with your example of doing something positive on a job. You just finish this major project, rather than waiting for feedback. Say to your boss, hey, I'd love to talk about that. What happened? What do you, what do you feel really worked there? What could I what could I learn to do better? Is there any, you know, suggestions you have for improving? But also love to hear, you know, your thoughts about how it was done uh and how we could do more of that. That's an interesting way of taking feedback <laughs> you know, pop up and turning it into a conversation that you ask for because you recognize that you're in a place where something happened that was good. And be open, by all means, be open to improving because that's how we all get better. 
but have those conversations more frequently than once a year where somebody says, oh, yeah, by the way, this this, and this didn't go quite right. <laughs> How encouraging is exactly. that? Exactly. Exactly. It kind of takes the encouragement out of it. It, it, it yeah. puts it on a, a negative axis almost. It's all about well, what we missed and not what we actually did well. And when and we do, exactly. when we succeed, right, Frank? When we succeed at the, at our very best, what happens? It's because somebody believed in us. Somebody was there, and they reached out, and they and they they put their arm around us, and they said, "Hey, listen, I'd like you to try something." And you go, "Really? That's really cool. Thanks. I hadn't thought of doing that." But they see the potential in you, and they encourage you to reach out. That's where we all succeed at our very best. It's very true. That is very true. So I have do, a. If, uh, if that listen. works for us, if that works for us, then do it for others. You know, didn't mean to interrupt you there, but but that's the message. In other words, if it works for you, then do it for somebody. You do it. Someone else does it. It keeps coming around and and, and around. Oh, we have a call. Let's see if we get this caller up here. Hello? Hello. Yes, what's your name, where are you from, and what is your question? And if you're listening to the show, please turn your speakers or however you're listening to it down, please. All righty, my name is Dan. I'm from your left nut. And I want to know how much semen costs. So you do get left nuts um, all, sorry, all over that. the place, don't you, Frank? That's the way the yeah. All right. Somebody who's got I'm a lot of time on his obviously somebody's got a lot of time on his hands. And not much to do uh, with it. it and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I apologize. I apologize no, for this. No problem, well. I understand. Yeah. Listening live, that is has never happened to me on this show. Um Okay, refocusing. <laughs> um, I do have a listener question uh, through email. Uh, what is the biggest challenge in coaching through transitions? Oh, I, I um, that's a great question. It's a huge question, but I don't. I it think is. that. I think that. Um, I think it's I think it's a matter of it's not so much a challenge for coaching but I think it's a matter of as you as you were talking about earlier Frank is somebody ready open and willing to change because if we are that's the first step and then we start moving in that direction and if we are then we're ready and if we're not um then all the coaching in the world isn't going to make a world of difference. So, it, are you ready to, to dig deep, to ask questions, to reflect, and to uh, open yourself up to new possibilities? That's true. I'd agree with that too. From my perspective, it's always trying to get that commitment or that buy-in from that person because if they're in there, and, and I'll say to them, "Okay, listen, we've got to, we've got to both be in this together. So, I need your commitment that you're going to take this." And really take it seriously, because if if you're not, then you know we're wasting each other's time. 
we've, we've got to be, they have to have the buy-in too on wanting to take whatever this, whatever they're going through and really being committed to being open to the possibilities and the answers that lie within themselves. Uh, right. So it's again, what Patrick and I do is find the answers that are really within people themselves. We just help to uncover them. Uh, we kind of lead them down that path. If they're not committed to doing that, then, you know, like you said, we could be the best, uh, you know, transition or career coaches or personal development coaches in the world. It isn't going to help them worth a hill of beans. But I thought it was an interesting question because it was a big one. And, yeah. and that's what I do think when you get to the root of it, that's the biggest challenge. You're right. Is, is at the root of the whole thing. So thank you for answering that. I just always try and get to the, to the email questions and, and the listener questions that are provided uh, because they're, they're such a big part of the program. Uh, could you describe the three steps in the coaching process that you developed? Well, it, it's the first step. The first step, Frank, is looking at what worked. The first step is 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 in other words looking, and, and it's, it takes a lot of depth and exploration for an individual to look at what has worked for him or herself in the past. What has what has been? What are the strengths? What are the values that the person has, and how have they come through for them? Because those are the lessons that they'll carry with them into wherever they're going. And so the first part is to get a real deep understanding of what the strengths, values are, and the lessons that, that they carry with them that, that are essential to their identity. Then the second part is to dream, to open ourselves to dreaming. And, you know, dreaming might be, okay, that's just something that happens when we're sleeping, but the truth of the matter is that and when we when we succeed at our our wildest dreams, that's because we've listened to our dreams, and our dreams are our subconscious opening ourselves up. So dreaming about what can be, not just what has been, but and it might be something that we've had in our mind for a long, long time, or it might be something we've never even considered, but opening ourselves up to those new possibilities. And then the third part is connecting the best of who we are, our strengths, our values, with our destination, dream or that becomes our destination and creating the path to get there. So that's the third step. That's really very interesting that the, the steps make a lot of logical sense too in taking people through a process and identifying all of those potential variables, if you will, and then combine them. And, and, and the openness to dream, I think that's something that's been beaten out of our society, too. I do agree with that. People say, oh, that's that's uh, Pollyanna or it's uh, you know not realistic. I, I think you, you have to dream. As Jim Carrey would say, if you, if you don't have dreams, then what's left? If you give up on those dreams, what's left? You know, uh, There isn't much left in, in your life if you've already given up. You have to have goals and you have to have aspirational dreams. We're just after 8 o'clock, top of the hour, 8.03 here in the East uh, Life Coach Radio Network, undivided here on a Wednesday, the 21st of February. We are live, staying positive as you go through transitions. Patrick Sweeney along with me. I'm so blessed to have him and uh, so grateful that he was able to come on the show. 
I'm Frank Chamadur, your host, and I'm so grateful that you were here. And talking about transitions and talking about, we all have different resources, we all have different talents and, and different gifts, and that's something I think we have to embrace too, that we're all made uh, so beautifully and so differently, and everyone is such an important component of that uh, equation. Uh, we have a call here, and I'm going to see if we get this caller up and um, see here. Bear with me one moment. Hello? What's your name, where Hi. are you from, and what is your question, please? Uh, good evening. Uh, my name is uh, Hugh. I'm calling from the center of the universe. That's what they call Ashland, Virginia, believe it or not. <laughs> And I just came across your show, and I see you have a gentleman that is a poet, too, or? Oh, yes, sir. That would be myself. Yes, sir. Yes, I wanted to make you aware of a poem, and perhaps we can joint venture on this. I have a poem I authored that's discussed as a weapon against terrorism. It's in the President Ronald Reagan Library, and Maya Angelou actually commented on my poem, you can see everything on a blog, the word creativity777.com, and it's only three lines long. It's titled Caring, Sharing. It reads, if you dare to care, then share. If you share, pay heed, God will reward every good deed. It sort of sums up what life should be all about. I'm looking to find a master licensor to uh, have this manifest in a way that will change the way people think and do things globally. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, uh, hit me up and uh, contact me, and we'll take that uh, a little further, so I'll sidebar that with you. But thank you so much for sharing that. I do yes, it's time that's that beautiful. we really start connecting on a spiritual level, too, because that's what people are too focused on, the material world, and that's what I'm looking to show them 100 years of like the blink of an eye in terms of eternity. I do believe we all incarnate to this planet to learn unconditional love as we learn it we're supposed to be a blessing to others especially those who can't help themselves so i'm working on transforming global economics education politics religion and more and rooting out corruption that's the biggest problem mankind has had since the beginning well thank you very much for sharing that and again you go to my website www.frankjmaduricoaching.com or send me an email to undivided show at gmail.com. Did you have a question for Patrick or myself? Or, uh, uh, yes, just that uh, I wanted to see if uh, he is aware of uh, how to work with social media. The big corporations have no clue, and they are uh, being dismantled as a result of that. I think entrepreneurism is going to, uh, with the Internet, create whole new paradigms that will transform global economics because I say and I hope they'll agree that today you can have the best product, the best customer service. It's no longer enough. You have to be good to your employees, your customers, the environment, and give back to the community in ethical, legal, moral, transparent ways. That's where the shift is going to happen very quickly. Thank you very much. We'll get Patrick's answer. Thank you very much for your call, sir, and have a blessed evening. Patrick, do you have anything to comment on that? Oh, that's that's um, 
No, that's really that's so big, Frank, and it's it's really um, it's outside beyond. <laughs> that could be an entirely different show. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, uh, I do have to ask if they do have uh, questions, um, and that could be that's a that's a whole other thing that maybe at one point I'll tackle on this program. Uh, just have to find the right guest uh, to be able to shed some light on that because that's outside of my realm of expertise as well. Uh, I can't speak to, to some of those things, but, but maybe there's someone out there that could. Uh, so, Patrick, um, moving right along, we're almost to the end of our time here. The last part of our program, and I thank you for staying on. I thought the, uh, the conversation was really enlightened and very inspired. And then I want to get to your new book and uh, to some of what you're looking to do uh, uh, with that new book and with your uh, practice with Silver Realigning and uh, also with some of your uh, work at the uh, Mission in Trenton. Um, Where do we go and how can we find common ground? That's the last segment of our show. We try and find some common ground here. Let's say there's someone out there who thinks very negatively about transitions in their life. Like we talked about before, they're having this negative messaging kind of pounded into them. But they want to change. They want to reach out. What do you think is the key to engaging them and not what I call alienating them? I don't know if that's lack of a better word. But what's the key to engaging them and not feeling like we alienate them further. I, I, I'm just pausing, Frank, because it, it's such a... Um, in other words, somebody... In terms, of, in terms of going through a transition and wanting to change, somebody has to want to be there. And if they are, if there's an opening, then... Um, in other words, if my my if your question is what is my suggestion for them, it's to look around and to see inside of themselves and inside of who they're surrounding themselves with how to create a difference. Because at this point, whatever's working, whatever's going on, isn't working. So they want to to create a change. So if, you know, they're, they're kind of there, but, you know, that's why I said a transition is a time where we have one foot on the boat and one on the dock. It just makes it a little bit easier to see the analogy. For someone like that, they've got to decide if they're stepping on the boat or the dock. And if they're stepping on, you know, uh, if, if the boat is, is changing, then, uh, then that's where they need to step. In other words, they need to decide consciously where they're moving first. And once they make that decision, then they open themselves up to new possibilities. But part, but they have, it's part of them realizing that they have within their own power the ability to say, okay, I'm not just going to stand here with one foot on the dock and one on the boat and watch my legs spread further and further. I'm moving in a positive direction. And once they say that aloud, out loud and start moving that way, then new openings will come, new possibilities will come. Um, but it won't come until they make that move. That's very true. 
It's very true. I think to end it all, we all have strengths that we have to focus on, and we also have to focus on uh, being the best version of ourselves that we can be and to be a benefit to, to others. Thank you, Patrick Sweeney, for being on this evening. I wanted to mention uh, your new book is coming out in May. Is that correct? That's right. That's with um, Tom Gartland, who's the pres- former president of Avis. He's on several different boards, a man of enormous compassion, um, headed up a Fortune 500 company, by, and the book is called Lead with Heart, and it's about how companies and organizations and leaders can see themselves in a way where they truly connect and open up their personal and professional lives and don't pretend that there's a difference. And by doing that, create engaged cultures and places where people want to be because they are understood, appreciated, uh, their potential is recognized. Wow, that sounds great. That sounds great. Very excited about it. Thank you. And do you have any upcoming events or any uh, uh, upcoming uh, things going on with either with your coaching practice or uh, with um, the book that's coming out or or any of the other work that you do in the community? Yeah, yeah. There's there's a, there's a whole lot of that. If somebody wants to check it out, Frank, um, the website is thesilverrealigning.com. So it's T H E. S-I-L-V-E-R-R-E-A-L-I-G-N-I-N-G.com. And um, you can find a lot of information there and hopefully a lot of inspiration. And um, and if someone's interested in pursuing coaching, they can find out how to do that as well. But it's it's primarily a site to help engage and promote people to, to see the best in themselves and, and to open up to new possibilities. That's awesome. And check out the Rescue Mission of Trenton. I know Patrick does some work there, too, their website. Uh, check them out. I know I always talk about different charitable organizations on this program. That's a great one to consider, uh, giving either your time or your other resources, too. So I'm just going to wrap up our show tonight by uh, saying that focus on your strengths, and you can truly live undivided. Uh, upcoming show promotions before we sign off tonight. Paul Garwood show again uh, Sunday the 25th at 8 p.m. His show after that will be Sunday, March 4th at 8 p.m., which is followed by Mark Shaw, big coach. His uh, series returns after being off for a few weeks. Mark Shaw show, Mark My Words. Brand new episode comes your way on Sunday, March the 4th at 9 p.m. Eastern. So you can tune into Paul's show at 8 Tune into Mark's show at 9. My next show, Undivided, episode number 17, will be March the 7th. That's two weeks from tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. My special guest is Brenda Baird. Brenda has had a show here on the network for a long time and is a, a CEO, former CEO of an organization. Where we're going to be talking about some of the barriers around being a female CEO. So the uh, whole dynamic of the show is not totally hashed out yet, but that's uh, the genesis of the of the topic that we'll be discussing. Thank you very much, Patrick, for being on tonight. I appreciate you staying on an extra few minutes. Uh, thank you for shedding your light, your talent on this issue uh, and on this topic of, of staying positive going through transitions. 
Oh, thank you, Frank. I, and I, I'm I was honored to, to be uh, asked. It's it's wonderful to be a friend of yours, and I I really appreciate the opportunity to connect again. It's great great to be here, uh, and congratulations on your show. Oh, thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Likewise, blessed to have you as a friend. Thank you guys very much. Thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to Patrick. Thank you to his family and everyone that supported him through what he has done. Thank you to all of our listeners from near and far. And until I see you guys again on March the 7th, as always, be blessed and be well. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.